Our scripture reading this morning comes from the uh, fifth chapter of Mark. Um, the, I have a tendency to transpose numbers somewhere, so we were working on the bulletin, and they came to me and they said, well, Jana, we don't have 25 chapters in the book of Mark, because I had 25, uh, five, uh, 25 through uh, the end. So uh, we are in chapter 5. If you've seen the misprint somewhere, uh, you're not alone. There are not 25 books of the uh, in the book of Mark. So we're starting with chapter 5. Now here there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see this crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing that what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Just checking to see if y'all are out there this morning. Y'all are a little quiet. But we again welcome everyone to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. And as, as followers of the risen Christ who was born in a manger, called out of Egypt, sent to redeem God's people, who lived and died and rose again so that we may be here today. Be welcome and continue to receive together what God has in store for Good Shepherd United Methodist Church in 2024. Your staff and your leadership have adopted this mantra of much in store for 2024, and we invite you to join us together along this journey this year. Thanks again for being here this morning. Uh, Thanks for worshiping online if you aren't here with us in the house. And we are a family here at Good Shepherd, and we will always be a family together, whether we're in the house or whether we're online. So let's wave at each other to give us a, uh, a connecting point as we worship together. If you're here in the house, shout it out. It's okay. Let me know you're awake. If you're online, please comment in the comment section so that we know you're here. I'm Pastor Regina, and I'm looking forward to spend the next few minutes with you uh, as we continue our This Is Us sermon series. We continue this morning with our sermon series, and over the next few weeks we're going to rediscover, or maybe discover for the first time, who we are as Christians and how to live out our faith in a world whose culture seems to be moving farther and farther away from a godly sinner. This series will help us discern how to keep ourselves centered on Christ as we live out our faith in this 21st century. Now, I hope you've had a chance to binge watch uh, the popular television drama, uh, This Is Us. They're found on several streaming uh, outlets at this time. And, and, and they let it draw you into the dynamics of the Pearson family. This series takes us through a, a life of a family of triplets that, uh, from birth to adulthood and all the life lessons that they learn along the way. Through marital strife, child 
uh, parent-child issues, body image issues, addiction issues, relational dysfunction, and a host of other 21st century American cultural circumstances, we see the Pearson's family story and how it mirrors our own story. There are several lessons in, of this is us, but the, or seasons, but the producers have done a great job of connecting the lives of this family over time. In the first episode of one of the new seasons, we, we see how the early years of, of life affected these children as they became adults. But how even when, when things may have not been perfect, they could still come together lovingly to support each other. We see how even through brokenness, healing can occur. Like I said before, that's how a Christian community should work. All of us lovingly supporting each other in the name of Jesus Christ. Now last week we discovered that through the Jesus' story of baptism, we were drawn into the story, His story, and it becomes our story. We learn that our identity is tied to the identity we find in Jesus. Today we'll discover that we are all broken in some way and how our brokenness makes us stronger. Now saying we're broken may not sit well with some of us. Being broken implies that we no longer work or that that we are defective in some way. It It suggests that we are defeated or without hope. Some of you may not feel you're broken and, and, and that, we, that there's no need for us to go any further today. But we are all broken in some way. We isolate ourselves from others or from things that we don't want to face. Technology is great, but it isolates us from human contact. I heard a story once about a study that, that links screen time in our children and adolescents with the negative addictive behaviors. Isolation, friends, leads to brokenness. When we are not our whole selves, we we allow our emotions, our triggers, our weaknesses to taint how we respond to individuals that cross our paths. Our brokenness emerges in our interaction with others. Our brokenness causes us to respond in anger, in defensiveness, in ways that do not reflect a Christian witness. Most of us don't like change. Can I get an amen there? Make sure you're awake. Oh, we, we are overwhelmed by change. Our brains are not really wired to, to, uh, to accept change. Actually, they're wired to resist change. And we would rather do things the way we've always done them, even when the things being done no longer work or in some way hamper progress. Unwillingness to change leads to broken systems, broken institutions, Broken people. Brokenness is not always a personality trait, but sometimes it's a way in which we live our lives. Other ways that we are broken plays out in our lives in that we allow fear to overshadow hope. Fear-mongering is pervasive in our society. Because of all of the recurring evil in our world, we are sometimes so afraid that we don't even know what we are afraid of. Now, I'm not saying that a healthy dose of fear is not beneficial, but we cannot allow fear to overwhelm us. Irrational fears cause unnecessary action. 
Several years ago, the Red Stern Arsenal down in Huntsville, Alabama, was shut down because there was a report of an active shooter. 300,000 people were affected by this shutdown. Upon investigation, there was no shooter, no gun, no visible reason to shut down operations except fear. We do not follow a God of fear, folks. Fear often causes us to make incorrect decisions or reactions and respond with faulty reactions. Fear leads to brokenness. Statistics show that 60% of people contemplate suicide at some point in their life. Brokenness leads to poor and unhealthy decisions. Now, I've got a statistic here that may be a little outdated, but 94 juveniles are trafficked each and every month in Tennessee alone. Sit with that statistic for a minute that's at this point several years old. Human trafficking is more prevalent than we're willing to admit in places that we would never imagine. It's a symptom of a broken society that leads to brokenness of individuals who are innocently caught in this web of brokenness. We hear words like Sandy Hook, Covenant, Uvalde, Orlando, Las Vegas, Colorado. And we remember evil actions that resulted in imaginable brokenness, but that had their origin in the brokenness of others. Humanity is broken, and so are each of us. But there's good news. The good news is that we serve a God that heals our brokenness. There we go. There we go. We serve a God that heals our brokenness. Our loving and faithful God puts shattered lives, damaged families, malfunctioning systems, ruined institutions back together. When we let God's story become our story, we gain an unbreakable strength that allows us to face our brokenness with hope. The Bible's filled with stories of broken people and a healing God that brings unity into the brokenness. Our scripture reading this morning is a great example of how Jesus brings healing to a broken daughter of God. We often read this story as only a story of healing, and that it is. Yet this story is much more. This is a story of restoration through faith. The woman in our story this morning is broken, yes? She even believes she's too broken to face Jesus. She's broken in the eyes of the community because her disease renders her unclean. She's the outcast in our society who no one wants to help. She's broken financially. She's used all of her resources with physicians and treatments to no avail. She's still sick. She's the modern-day person who is ill and has no insurance to seek treatment. She's isolated from the community and has endured so much. She has no one to care for her. She is the one among us who sits alone because of circumstances that may be out of her control. She hears about this healer named Jesus. She seeks to be healed by him. 
Because of her dilemma, she feels that she cannot confront Jesus in the way that other folks would. So she feels the need to sneak up behind him and simply touch his garments. Her faith is stronger than her hopelessness. Her faith causes her to reach out to Jesus. It's her faith in the healer that restores her brokenness. Are there times in your life when when you have felt like this woman? Maybe not with a disease or an illness, but, but a time when your spirit is so broken that you don't know where to turn. But there's something inside you or a trusted friend or a random thought that comes across your mind that tells you where to turn, that tells you to reach out. Reach out and touch Jesus. You came with fear and trembling to the only place you knew to come. This is us. The woman in our scripture today is a metaphor for all of us. She came in fear and trembling, seeking healing from Jesus. Too often we think that we must have it all figured out and, and in order to come to Jesus. We think that we must know what our issues are and able to confront them and, and get them under control before Jesus will see us, hear us, or heal us. That's not the case. Having to be perfect and have life under control before we seek Jesus is so far from the truth that Jesus meets us on the flip side waiting for us. We, like the woman can come just as we are with our authentic selves. The faith of this woman made her well. Yes, Christ healed her, but her action of reaching out to Jesus demonstrated her faith. Christ immediately responded to the woman. Well, at times we think that the response we receive from Christ may not be as immediate as it should. Christ still responds. Eventually the promise comes and and our faith is rewarded. Maybe not in the way we think it is best, but in the way that heals our brokenness in a way that is best for us. We are just like this woman in our story. We are broken and in need of healing whether we admit it or not. Salvation's root is in the Greek word sozo, meaning to heal or to save. When we hear the word shalom, what do we usually think of? We usually think of peace, right? But it also means wholeness. Wholeness is the integration of all parts of our lives, our body, our mind, and our spirit. We see the woman today and the integration that takes place because of her faith, because of her encounter with Jesus The woman in today's story was immediately healed by Jesus. She was reclaimed as a daughter of God. She again has a family. She was restored physically. Although we don't know what happens in Scripture, we can assume that she is restored into community. Her healing confirmed her integrated wholeness brought about by an encounter with Jesus. We too can experience such integration when we encounter Jesus. Healing may not always be immediate for us as it was for this nameless woman, but we are healed of our brokenness just the same when we experience Christ. This healing happens when we choose to follow Jesus, when we are claimed into the family of God. We choose to follow Jesus and we are adopted into a family of God and we experience the waters of baptism. 
We are connected to a community of faith. And we take the vows of baptism and church membership. We are connected to generations of Christ followers, past, present, and future. Just as Christ came to be one of us, we became connected in the family of God as we accepted for ourselves the relationship with Christ. When we feel broken as individuals or as a faith community, we simply must reach out for the hem of Jesus' garment and be healed. Our brokenness is healed as we touch the robe of a risen Christ and accept for ourselves the loving relationship and invitation into the family of Christ that is offered to us by Christ through His mercy and grace. Each of us can experience the wholeness and the healing that Christ offers. We must simply reach out and touch a God who is among us and with us along life's journey. May we reach out and claim the healing that is ours today. As we come to the table this morning, Jesus is here. Jesus is here and this altar is filled with the hems of his garment. And all we must do is reach out and touch. God meets us here to hear our deepest concerns and to hear our highest joys. God is here. We reach out. And God has prepared for us a meal that helps to remind us just how much Jesus loves us. So let us come this morning as we are invited into this this meal, as we celebrate what Christ has done for us, and as we experience the means of grace that is Holy Communion, as we reach out and touch Christ's garment. Let's pray together. Holy and awesome God, we come to you this morning knowing that we are broken knowing that the only thing that can heal us is you. We come this morning, Lord, reaching out to you, reaching out to touch the hem of your garment. Lord, we know there are many things that keep us from you, and we take a moment right now to confess those things in our lives that separate us from you. Lord, we are a forgiven people. You do that for us. And we come this morning to a table of grace to receive our healing. Lord, we ask that you pour out your Spirit on all of us who are here, on these gifts of bread, and on these gifts of juice, that you may, Lord, infuse our inner beings so that we may be filled with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those who are going to assist me this morning will come forward.
that when Christ gathered with his friends, he broke this bread and gave it to each of us and said, this is, the body, this is my body which is given for you. Each time you eat it, do this in remembrance of me. was over Jesus took the cup he blessed it he gave it to his disciples and said drink from this all of you for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me served by intention this morning a piece of bread will be taken off given to you you will dip it in the cup and then come to the altar to pray we have gluten free options and single serve options available if you are not comfortable with intention let us come
Remember, when we feel broken, the most broken, we can come to Christ and then we can be filled and leave this place knowing we are healed and go into the world to share Christ. Amen. you are.